y'all about something that you you might not particularly care for. Uh, it's just something that needs. It's like eat your peas and eat your carrots, and uh, and it's it's not negative at all. It's just one of the hardest things that most people do. Uh, I want to talk about being happy all the time. I say I'm happy all the time. Would y'all say that with me? I'm happy all the time. And we found out that, uh, surprisingly, the key to being happy all the time is not a new car or getting your bills paid off. That certainly is a joyous event. But we found out that being happy is predicated on having one Lord in your life, not having two masters, not having uh, promotion or fame or good looks or all the things that people follow after, especially money and power but having one Lord, the Lord Jesus. And we're really seeing in our lives right now in America, I think, especially even yesterday when the Roe v. Wade thing came down and the vitriol that that has been expressed, even after they already knew it was coming. It's like a good thing we had a little tempering time. But uh, how the godless, how the godless act. This isn't a Democrat or Republican. This isn't a... A woman and a man thing. This, this, none of this is that. It's godless. No matter what you feel about the actual decision and is irrelevant, it's that the godless react. They're far from being happy all the time. They're mad, and they're mad all the time. And uh, Portland got rocked last night, the news said. Uh, they, they burned down buildings and broke glass and everything like that. As if, as if there was any remedy in, the, in any of that. So they're godless. I, if we know what that ruling really means, that it just goes to the states and it, nothing will change in, in many states, why are we reacting like this? Well, it's just a temper tantrum uh, for the godless. Aren't you, aren't you glad to know that the Lord's really brought us out of a long ways? This is, I, I do not take this lightly, but this is a, uh, if we had been just asleep for the last 20 years and just planted in this place right now and opened our eyes and looked, we would say this was Sodom and Gomorrah. Right. It has been the frog in the kettle in that we've become acclimated to it, yes. but it's, it's really terrible. And, and it always has been, but we just didn't have the media to tell us everything that was going on. And now we know more than we ever wanted to know. And uh, it's quite eye-opening. So I'm, I'm really wanting... I read some things about Smith Wigglesworth. I got into a site that had his quotes. One of them this morning I wanted to bring. I'm, I'm thinking about if I could bring one every Sunday morning. God's word never fails, he said. He will, he will always heal you if you dare to believe him. Men are searching everywhere today for things... Which, which they can heal themselves, and they ignore the fact that the balm of Gilead is within easy reach. Well, he, if you know his life, you know that he was such a holy man. Uh, one time, Lester Summerall showed up at his house and had a newspaper. And when Smith opened the door, he saw the newspaper. Didn't even get in the house. But he got a chewing out deluxe about what he thought about that newspaper. And in another quote, he said that uh, newspapers are, uh, make you f- reading a newspaper makes you feel dirty. Reading the Word makes you feel clean. 
He said, I like to be clean. So he was just radical. He was just, but, but his miracles, his power were unparalleled in so many ways. They were, they were Old Testament uh, miracles, New Testament miracles that he lived out, but he was so radical. I, w- I want to be more like that. I, I, in this world, I don't know how, but I, I do know Abraham endured Sodom and Gomorrah, and we, we can shine. And we'll shine brighter in this world than we would have in, a, in another place. So I'm going to say this morning, I'm happy all the time. And the subject I want to talk about, which has to be talked about, and you're going to be surprised because I acted like it was a terrible thing, but uh, to be happy, you have to have friends. And you go, well, that's not, that's not caustic. That's not a hard subject. Sure it is. Because if there's ever one failure that I see out there in the body of Christ, it's our failure to follow through on friendship. And everyone has a skewed repertoire or a group of friends, and they're in all sorts of orbits and all sorts of levels. Most of them are self-serving, and most of them are are unstewarded. They're, they're just, we get them, we deal with them when they help us, and then we leave them. And it's just not happy all the time. We need friends, and we don't even know it. We, we know all, all the things we do need to know. So I, I wrote down, I am happy because I have friends. I can be alone, but I'm never lonely. That's me personally. I can be alone, but I'm never lonely. And so I really, really work on friends. It's, it's one of my things. I'm not that good at it, actually, but I am always cognizant of friends, and I want to thank River Church for each one of y'all being my friend. And it's, it's just really powerful to me. I looked up the word friend, and it, uh, it means uh, the kind of Bible friend. It means as a brother. In my case... Friends could exceed that, but as a brother, it means the ones beside, it means a persuader, it means loving as being loved. And then the second trend, uh, definition was they give you all they are without taking anything from what you are. They give you all they are, a friend does, without taking away what you are. That sounds powerful. It sounds like if you had a friend like that, you'd be happy all the time. Let's just clear it up right here at the beginning. Your wife, your husband should be that friend. There's no such thing as having a closer friend, a better friend than your spouse and still being right. There's people that do it, but it didn't right and it will not make you happy. That's where I pause and y'all go, yeah, that's right. It will not. We've, we've all seen that played out. Ecclesiastes 4.9, don't go there because it's so short, but the Bible says that two are better than one. Can we say that together? Two are better than one. So friends are biblical because you can get married and have a friend, one friend, or you cannot get married and have a friend that's not your spouse. You can be friends with your children. You can be friends with your church family and everything. Lots of levels there, but almost all of them are contrived. They're, they're an arrangement like marriage or your brothers and sisters that you were born with that uh, have, we all have the same parents. All of those are pretty contrived. There's not very much 
pursuit in those things. They're automatic. You know, you, your brother's your brother, is your brother, and your sister, she's always there even if she doesn't like you or whatever. And church family, it's just like going to a reunion. Who's that? So most of our friends in the body of Christ, I'm not speaking of River Church, but I just I need to I need to I need to minister this message if we're going to complete the the series on I'm happy all the time because friends are a part of it. And there's lots of people that have lots of friends like on Facebook that are not happy. So that's not what we're talking about. And then there's people that have no friends and they say they're happy. But there's you if you dig into their life, there's kind of a a. Uh, an attitude or a perspective on them like I don't need I don't need these people I don't I I'm self-sufficient it it kind of gets uh you know what I mean kind of self self-serving self-righteous where I don't need people and in fact because we can't compare where we are to what happy all the time is it might be that we do need people we've just lived or learned to live at that particular level so um, I'm going to I'm going to go through I've got I found eight things, eight different kinds of things that friends are or could be that will enhance our lives. I say better. Two is better than one. And I, I want better. Now, will this be quite challenging? It'll be so challenging that that I would say that. Uh, pessimistically or negatively or whatever, that most people will pay no attention to what I'm about to say because it is such a stronghold in our lives where we've acclimated to whatever friendship level we have and good enough is good enough. But there is always that that says, I want what friends can do. There's benefits to friends that cannot be contrived from any other area. So, uh, number one, friends are for speaking to you. And that would be in Exodus 33, 11. It says, the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. So if you've ever had a friend, and that's what we're going to talk about, a good friend, a friend that just goes with you, a friend that knows you, doesn't agree with you, but will love you in your journey through whatever you're going through, you could say that friends are for speaking to. The problem with being single or alone or whatever is that we develop a, a uh, mentality where we only run our stuff by our, ourselves. You get jaded thinking if you don't have something to run to speak to somebody and they go, that's a bunch of junk. That's just junk mess. That's why are you thinking that way? Well, it, it stops you. It uh, it makes you pause and hesitate. And so you examine it. Whereas if you're by yourself, no friends, you just run with it. You just go, well, that's how I think. And bless God, that's how it's going to be and how I'm going to be. And friends will stop that and, and help you with that. Uh, number two, friends are for agreeing with you. And that would be Deuteronomy 32.30. I like this one. How can one put a thousand to flight and two, 10,000? So there's an exponential there of fivefold if you have a friend that can agree with you. Now we're talking about spouses here, including. So you ought to have, you, you ought to have a dialogue. I'm amazed at the marriages where they're, they don't communicate. You'll, ask one, you'll talk to one, uh, one of them on Monday 
And Thursday, you'll mention it to their spouse and they'll go, I don't know what you're talking about. She never told me. He's like, what? That's your friend. Oh, no, that's my wife. That's my husband, whatever. So um, the power of agreement. It's very, very powerful to have a friend that will agree with you. Now, I'm advocating just because it's personally my opinion, and I think the word brings it out, and I'm going to share with you some more, that we ought to have more friends and different kinds of friends than our spouse. Definitely that, that spouse, that wife, and that husband is a powerful ally and can minister so much more than just procreation and, and, uh, and, and sharing the bills at a house that uh, are obviously advantages. There's real spiritual import to having a friend. Number three, friends are for loving and receiving love. You need, I need, we all need someone to love, and we all need someone to love us back. You, you can endure, you can make it through not, but you're not going to be happy all the time. You're, you're going to just grit your teeth and say, I can do this. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loveth at all times. So that's a measure of whether you've got someone that's a friend. It's what do they do when you cross them? What do they do when you maybe mention something to them that you wish they'd change? Uh, a, born, a brother is born for adversity. So two is better than one. We need friends. Not, not acquaintances, not Facebook friends. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a friend that knows you and accepts you anyway. Doesn't necessarily agree with you all the time about things, but goes with you. Who needs? Gosh, I don't even agree with me all the time. There's things I said and did five or ten years ago. I'm like, that was junk mess. I hope nobody got the tape of that. I hope nobody, I hope that one didn't make. Uh, friends are for giving medicine and correction. And I'm not talking about here about aspirin. Uh, they're, uh, they're to help us, not just pat us on the back and say everything's okay. A friend will, will hesitate and say, say that again? Are you serious? I've had it happen with many friends. Now, I'm a little intimidating. I don't mean to be, don't want to be, but I'm, I'm real straight up. I'm real straightforward. I, I say it before anybody can tell me something I don't like or don't believe, I say it first, and that way I've got the floor. But, uh, but I take medicine, and I take correction. As a matter of fact, I believe that if you don't have anybody in your life that God can send to give you correction, that you're truly alone. It's not just like, okay, I have these friends, and we all go out together, and we all went to school together, and we all are in business together, or whatever. But you've got to have some, a friend is distinguished by someone that can say, Jack, I need to talk to you about this. I love you, and because I have loved you, you can receive correction from me because I love you. It's not self-righteous, and it's not uh, a mean. It's just like, I want your life to be increased. And, of course, there's a lot of ways to say it and to do it and all that sort of stuff beat around the bush. Uh, so friends are forgiving medicine and correction. Do you have someone, let's stop right now and just see in your heart, do you have someone that God could move on them in prayer, move on them in the Holy Ghost to say, go tell this to him. I'm talking to him and he's not listening. He's not regarding what I'm saying. Destruction is in his path. Disappointment is all over him. I want you to go and save him by talking to him as a friend. Do you have someone like that in your life?
even your spouse? Do you have someone that'll just say, darling, I love you with all my heart, but this is not way, the way we're going to, this is not a way we can go. Are y'all thinking about that? I've had to think about it a lot. Because we all are tempted to bristle up when somebody says, I got to talk to you about something that's you're not going to like. Sure, I will. Because I like to, I love truth and truth is the best thing that can happen to me. Knowing the truth sets you free. So if someone brings you truth, it's there to set you free, which means you need setting free. And if no one can, no one has been groomed or conditioned or uh, given place in your life to just say, you know, I love you so much. Anytime you see something I need to do or say or different, I've said that to men. I've said that to Deborah Ann. I've said I, I am so correctable. Just because of the, you know, just because I have a pulpit or just because of this, that, and the other means nothing. We all need correcting. We all need correcting. We're none of us on the, the best course the first time, all the time. So uh, friends are forgiving medicine correction. Number five, friends are an ointment and perfume to the heart. Now you may think that's a little gushy and who needs that? But the word actually says in Proverbs 27, 9, ointment and perfume rejoice the heart. So doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. So apparently all of us, all of us, we need ointment and perfume in our life because life is pretty rugged right now. It always has been, but life is pretty rugged. If you just get out there in the raw of life, you, you better you better be buckled up because they're going to throw some junk at you. And the more you love God, the more junk you're going to have thrown at you. But the more you love God, the more you can resist it. So it's proportional. So friends are an ointment and a perfume to the heart. We don't need that all the time. But when we need it, it's so precious to have it. Someone that will let you come to them or that'll come to you and just put your head in their shoulder and just say, let's pray about this. Or let's, you know, the, the word the word says in James is, uh, is there any among, sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Well, the reason the elders can do it is because they're not sick at that moment. And so we need a friend that's not under the pressure and the weight of what we're going through that can come and say, let me, let me carry the load with you. But it's like insurance. You've got to pay the premium up front. You've got you to build these relationships you just can't go up to a stranger. You can do so much with a stranger, but you can't get that from a stranger. Number six, friends are for staying sharp in a world that is very dull and worldly. I don't know if y'all watch the news. It's not good to watch much of it, but sometimes you get a taste of what's going on out there. And it's junkyard dog mean out there. And people will sell their souls, sell their integrity, sell their honor, sell their word for nothing. They are such compromisers right now. Uh, so willing to do anything to get themselves ahead. Competition and comparison is rampant. And we're called to be pure. We're called to be holy. We're called to be sanctified, separated from that. So uh, friends are for keeping us sharp. Uh, just listening or, or reading Smith Wigglesworth, I could feel myself getting sharper like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Let's do that. Let's, let's straighten that up, Michael. 
Let's let's get that out of the ditch. You're kind of hanging over the cliff edge in this area. Let's 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 power that up. Well, Smith Smith is obviously not my friend, but his words are very friendly to bring me admonition and correction. We all want it. It's pride that keeps us from receiving it, but we all want it and we all need it. It's just that sometimes we don't want. I remember them uh, in back in the day that a woman couldn't bring a man a word of correction. If she was in the pulpit and she brought a word of correction, men automatically just threw it off, wouldn't receive it because of the voice that it came through. How many of y'all know that might not be right? That the Lord might speak through a woman's voice. As a matter of fact, if we didn't receive what women said, we would be shipwrecked for sure. So, but, but that's other people. Sometimes a man, a husband. The word says that women have a hard time correcting or chastening their uh, teaching their husband just because of that. But it ought not to be so. It's the truth, but it ought not to be so. We ought to, we ought to be able to let her sit us down and say, this and this has got to go. Uh, I've had a few sessions like that, and they hurt your pride. I mean, if there's any pride, it's getting chiseled out right there, uh, especially if they're ruthless. <laughs> and she was. Hallelujah. We need friends. More than you know. You go, well, I'm doing fine. Well, fine is not the gauge or the scale. Fine is the world's doing fine. I mean, they think they are. They, they're coping. They're... They're surviving, they're, they're existing, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about I am happy all the time. Happy. Not putting up with or making it or I'm happy. Amen. Number seven. There's a lot more, but I'm just going over these big ones. Friends are for rejoicing in life. Now, this is cool. Uh, Luke 15, 6 says, When he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. <clears throat> when good news comes, just like happened this morning, just like the testimonies that were given this morning, what was that? It was rejoicing with good news with your friends. And we liked it. We liked to give it. And we like to hear it. We like to rejoice with our friends over the word being true and perseverance winning out. Uh, so when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me. Uh, when, when good news happens, I, I, for us, I call somebody. Believe it or not, you, of course you would know this, sometimes you can't call your parents. Because the, the context is not where they can rejoice with you. They, they're like, oh, okay, whatever, whatever. If, that, if you think that's good, I, I'm good with it. I've heard that more than a few times. If, if that's good for you, well, then it's good for me because I'm always for you and all that. And it's like, well, we didn't rejoice together. You're just glad that I'm happy. Amen. And then I have the last one. There are a bucket more. But friends are for refreshing. Say refreshing. 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 Now, if we ever need anything, family, fighting the good fight of faith, standing and having done all to stand, stand therefore, always triumph in Christ Jesus, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. As he is, so am I in this world. All those things suggest that we're having to hold the line. 
All of those things are not like, well, I was picking, I was picking daisies one day and I, I saw a little bird. No, it's having, st- having done all to stand. We're standing. And so friends refresh us. I found a scripture in Acts 27, 3 that says, Julius entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go into his friends to refresh himself. Because sometimes you just can't carry it. You got to have a friend that'll help you carry it. And it just takes a lot off when somebody else said, I understand. Let's pray or I'm going to be in agreement with you or whatever. It's just like, whew, now that I've got it off, somebody else is helping me. Even if they never think of it, the telling of it or the, the releasing of it is very refreshing. None of us do very good holding a secret. Secrets are, are, are poison to us if we hold a, a secret unto ourselves that we don't want people to know. There's a reason why we don't is because it's, a, it's something negative or a sin or, or an embarrassment or, you know, whatever that we, we don't have a friend that we can share that with. But then you can find a friend. You can make a friend. You can have a friend that you can actually get sit down and say, I want to tell you all my life. And that brings the friendship even closer. If it doesn't, well, then you didn't have much of a friend anyway. Would you agree with that? So I'm going to say, I'm not going to take long with this, that we need friends. You need friends. And whether you agree or not, the word says you need friends. I need friends. But they are a lot of work. You can just about build a house and and go to the West Coast for what it takes to find and build and maintain a friend. There are lots of work. Are y'all with me? There are lots of work. And that's why most of us feel overloaded. We need a friend to take the load, but we're so overloaded we don't have time to go and make that with a friend. But the, the key to that is, I think, is somebody else is looking for you to be a friend. So it's not even that hard once somebody steps out. And I see, I find, in my experience, that initiating is the hardest thing for people to do. All people have great ideas. If somebody asks them to do something or to go somewhere, share something, they are thrilled. I mean, just giddy all week long. We are going to the Joneses on Friday and we're going to go out and eat supper with them or we're going to whatever. They're just giddy about it. But then on Saturday, they don't know what to do to return that. They just don't know what to do. Now, what should we do for the Joneses? They ask us, what should we do? And it's that lapse right there, that hesitation, that, uh, that kills it. Uh, I knew a, a couple that, uh, that uh, uh, asked my folks to go to the lake. They had a lake property. And, ah, my folks were so thrilled and had such a big time down there uh, fishing and in the boat and, and just sitting on the lake and all that. But when it was over, that weekend was over, had a great time. My folks struggled. They was like, oh, we don't know what to do. We, we don't know what kind of food they eat. We don't know what, if they'd like to. In other words, you couldn't stand the rejection of submitting something, initiating something, and they, they were saying, yeah, we'll go, but then you felt like they didn't like it. That's like, oh, we don't do Italian food or whatever, and here we are in Olive Garden. This, you know, and, and that just runs through people's minds to say, I can't risk the rejection. And so they let the friendship die when somebody has initiated it. 
and stepped out. You know, they, they've stepped out for you. And then they're looking for a possibility to see if the thing will go any further by you stepping back and saying, well, hey, y'all come over and play cards or something like that. And uh, it dies because people like, well, they didn't like us or they didn't like what we did or where we went or whatever. And there's a lot of introspection about friendships. They are very, very challenging. Therefore, I believe they're one of the most rewarding aspects of life because they are such a challenge. So I have found, because I've studied relationships, that there's different levels of divine hookups where God just does it. I mean, he just suddenly, someone's just in your life. Uh, Pastor Eric West, I was sitting in a church service. He was sitting behind me in a Leroy Thompson meeting in Word of Life uh, Christian Center. And they had us turn around and meet and greet. And I turned around and met him and he met me. And God somehow just boomed it right there. And that was in 1996. And we've been very close friends ever since. Uh, even though he's younger than I am and a lot of things that are different. It's just like I don't, wanna, I don't want to be friends with me. I don't want a clone of me to go be friends with. I need somebody that's different. And uh, he's, he's certainly provided that for me. But there's different levels. And I've had to study and look into relationships because I, I want this. I want to max out my life. And maxing out your life is not always accomplishing a certain thing or reaching a certain financial level or paying off your boat or your car or, your, or whatever. Those things are all powerful. But sometimes the most satisfying thing I have found is a relationship that you can get comfortable with. And like I said, it should be that in your marriage you have that. But lots of marriages aren't even friends. They're roommates and they have a, an arrangement. And if anything breaks their arrangement, they're out of there. And we have a divorce right now that's you know at least 50% in the church as well as in the world. So we need a little upgrade in our skills about friendships. And sometimes you can try, you can, you can road test on people that are not your spouse and develop some things for your marriage. So I have found that there's different orbits. And I'm, I'm reminded of the Lord Jesus that had the multitude. Y'all remember him talking about, the, the word talking about the multitudes came to him and listened. Then he had the 70 that's mentioned. And then he had the 12, and one of them was a stinker. And then he had Peter, James, and John. That was a, an orbit right there. And then at the end, we find that he had John. So there's different levels or orbits or whatever. And what I've had to learn is how to uh, match my expectations to the orbit they're in. That, that somebody that I'm just starting out with won't necessarily follow through or return or reciprocate like someone that I've been with a long time. But I'm like, well, what's up? How come I did this and it worked over here? How come we're not responding? But I've, so I've assigned orbits. And if you listen to Deborah you would find that people are like asteroids in my life. They're, they're coming into orbit and they're going out of orbit. Some of them, they have my boot print on the back of them as they are leaving my orbit. <laughs> it's like, that was sorry. That was no good. That just, why would you do that? And I have lots of criteria. Uh, mostly for me, it's just do right. It's not like, well, what do I do? Well, just do right. Just do right. If someone... Uh, 
uh, treats you real good and, and, and takes you on a trip or, or shares something with you, you ought to write a card back and say, thanks, it was great. That's all it takes. Thanks, it was great. Thank you. But I, now I don't even get that. I get an email that says, that was fun. It's like, well, so is eating a dilly bar. We went to Dairy Queen yesterday and got two dilly bars, and that was fun. It's a lot less trouble to eat a dilly bar than it is to make a relationship. So I'm just, I'm just going to share a few things with you about friendships, and you just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a buffet. Take what you want and forget the rest of it, and we'll move on next week to something else. But I, myself, I find that I'm always transmitting. I never get into a mode where I'm just nothing going on. I think that's unbiblical. I think that we're supposed to be ministering up or ministering down. Receiving from someone that's got something for us, someone that's mature, someone that cares for you, someone that loves you. I'm listening. What have they got? What has God sent them into my life today for? I mean, we just went to the Olive Garden. We're sitting around and just talking about this and that and our kids and whatever's going on. But I'm listening because I know how it is in church. The Lord will put something in you every Sunday morning if you're listening. He's faithful. He has to. So it's like, well, I didn't get nothing out of that service. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't Holy Ghost's fault. And the pastor never knows anything anyway. The speaker is not supposed to have got a confidential memo about you and got up there and read it, you know, like, well, quit this, you, you turkey. It's supposed to be by the Holy Ghost. He just speaks. She just re relates. And uh, the Lord speaks to it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We get it. We like, ah. And that comes from the fact, the truth, that revelation cannot be taught. People think they can. Wisdom, knowledge is given and wisdom is taught. But revelation comes by Holy Ghost. You can't, you can't get a revelation from someone saying something because many times I've heard something that was absolutely revelation, but I didn't assign it revelation and it got away from me. Y'all ever had a key come to you and you say, that's the answer, and then you left, you left the, two days later, it was completely gone. So the revelation wasn't revelation because revelation uh, arrests you. It arrests you like, ah, that is the key to my life. And I'm always looking for the key to that door or that part. Or why is this not working? Why am I sowing all the time and I don't have much harvest? I need the key to that because it's supposed to work. Amen. Right? And... Uh, and, there's all, and so the Lord's trying to get you a key. Well, that's the way friendships are. I listen. I'm either, I've got someone in front of me, with me, and we're just talking about nothing spiritual. But in that, there will be a key. Deborah Ann and I talk all the time. And as I'm talking to her, just relating the kingdom back and forth, we're just talking. Suddenly, she'll say something. And she didn't mean it for revelation, but to me... It was the key. It was the answer. It was the door opener. And I'll run off and get my little red book. I've got a, I've got a little red book and I've got a little blue pen. And I go write it down because it's a life changer. Are y'all seeing this? Friends are powerful, but they're so subtle. And they're so, you can't just turn them off. You can't just say, well, 
Me and this friend, we took six months off because I got busy. They'll dry up on the vine. You got to pick the tomato while it's red or it won't be red anymore. It'll be black. So I'm always transmitting down as well. Up and down. I make my, I measure my words. I've been thinking, I've been meditating about who I'm going to be with. And I ask the Lord, I don't know what he needs, but Lord, you do. Use me as his friend to transmit. Help him, Lord, and just use me. The donkey, the donkey spoke. <laughs> you know, the, it's not like it's, you're, you're a prophet because you speak. The, the donkey spoke. And so you don't get too puffed up about it, but be available. Just say, Lord, measure my words and help me uh, hit the subject. You ever been with somebody and you go, that was worthless. That was useless. That was a waste of time. Yes. Yeah. But I'm eliminating that. I'm, I'm having a transaction every time I'm with somebody. Every time. Every time I'm with someone, I'm transacting. Well, that makes them my friend. It binds me to them in some uh, measure. Uh, we say that eating a meal together is powerful. That something supernatural happens when you open your mouth and put a, the whole breadstick in there at once, you know, or whatever. It's like, yeah, there's something supernatural about that. I cannot explain it, but I can tell you when people get around a, a meal, there's a disarming and there's a rearming that happens where there's a, there's a residue left when you leave that meal. You go, that's not spiritual. You, it's not, but it's the vehicle that carries the spiritual. And if you go to someone's home versus just going out to, to somewhere that's, it's different. There's an intimacy and you, you extend your home or your intimate place, your personal place, you extend that to people. And when you do, you're saying, I'm interested in this relationship. I would not. I, I'm not. I'm not bringing the encyclopedia guy back to my house on Thursday and have dinner with him. It's you, and so we recognize the signs or the the signals about someone reaching out, and we have to be. We have to say, that's what's happening here. And and they'll tell you. They'll say, hey, let's get together sometime. That may seem benign. But actually, they're, they're throwing something at you that if, like tennis, if you'll bat it back, somebody will score. This stuff's way better than what we've taken it. Because we've come out of the world, which is dog eat dog. Early bird gets the worm. Sit on the can. You know, competition and comparison. And, and so we, we've, we've relegated relationships to a low level. And there are some people that will burn your biscuits Concerning relationships, they'll, they'll take advantage of you, they'll whatever. But we pay no attention to that. We pay no attention to that. There's always going to be that. As a matter of fact, I've been that. I hadn't always been right. I'm, I'm not saying that I am now, but I'm just saying I've blown up things that God showed me later. That was your opportunity. They needed you, and you certainly needed them, and yet you treated it as something that wasn't on my agenda, and you blew it. There was no transaction. It's like, oh, God, now I got to get all tooled up to get the what, what was in that meeting. I got to get it another way. And I could have had it right there. Uh, I wrote down, friends make us happy by helping us flourish. 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 It's one thing to be content. Good enough. 
It's another thing to flourish. And I can tell you right now, I'm just talking about me. You could say it too. I'm flourishing. I'm flourishing in my life right now at, at this place in my life. I'm flourishing. Yeah, I could tell you lots of things that I'd like to have improved or changed or upgraded or that's out there that I'd like to have it now. But I pay no attention to that. I am flourishing. I am happy all the time. That's why I'm able to preach this because I'm not telling y'all something I hadn't lived out. I am, I am the happiest camper on the, on the campground. Hallelujah. <laughs> and uh, I'm just, I'm not looking to anybody to do anything for me. I'm looking to everybody to do something for them. But I know it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be $100. It could just be an encouragement. Uh, I, I say this all the time. I think it bothers some people. But I say, you look like a million dollars today. Well, that's worthless. That's, that's nothing. But it could be. Because we all want to hear that. And a friend will do that. Now, one thing I want to do before I quit is I want to talk about the, op- the goal, the uh, obstacle to friendship is personality. I have found this over a lot of years of studying it, that people say, that's not my personality. I'm not outgoing. I'm not, uh, I can't invite people. I can't uh, uh, initiate with people. That's my personality. And certainly most people are in that category where what if I say something wrong? Or what if they don't like me? Or what if, what if? And they're controlled in their mind by the negatives, the what ifs. So they have a problem for every solution, we would say. Every, everything. And yet, and because the, the person that, that the Lord's leading you to, or possibly, doesn't have a sign on them that says, I'm a five-fold exponential for your life. Two can put 10,000 to flight. We don't see the value, and so it's easy to walk away. But if we could see what they are in our lives, we might get in hot pursuit. This person's the key to my future. And I've had a few people in my life. Now, I've gone through people. People have gone through me where I disappointed them or or whatever. I don't even know who they are, but I'm sure because I used to have a lot of different friends than I do now. Are are y'all here? Yeah. So there's a transitioning. It doesn't really mean that you have to have somebody all your life. You could, but they say, they say that uh, men only have one or two lifetime friends. So that makes them pretty valuable. And if you blow up one, it takes a lifetime to get another one. You might be, you might be on the zero column for the rest of it. But personality. So personality is just like everything. You got you to dominate it with faith. Well, I, I'm shy. Well, I, I, don't, I don't do well initiating or bring it up or whatever. And, and, and what if? What if they can't? Well, maybe they just couldn't. They got their grandson's basketball game and they couldn't. But instead, the devil tells you, well, they, they just made that up because they don't want to be with you. And it throws you down there. So we have to, use, we have to get in faith because the personality is the, is the antithesis of faith. There's people that are so gregarious, so bubbly and so whatever, you don't even know if you want to ask them because they might take over the whole, the whole relationship and it's like, ah, I, don't, I don't want more of you. <laughs> so we're always looking for the right one, but we ought to be. Well, I'm busy raising kids. Well, sure, we all have. Well, I'm busy you know, working at my job. Sure, we all have. But none of that stuff will solve the need in our life that friends will take. 
And so we was like, I don't have time for you, but I have to have you. Therefore, uh, I think everybody's wanting us uh, uh, to get away from shallow friendships. I think shallow is fine. That's a, that's an orbit. That's a that's a Pluto orbit. You know, I ain't seen you in five years. It's been ten actually. And I told you last week about me calling someone that I their, their orbit had got way out of the universe for me, and I just wasn't happy with that. I just I said I don't care if I ever see you again, but I want to get this right, and I fixed it. And I'm just, uh, it made me happier in everything. So few can initiate, and so most friendships are shallow. I knew my, uh, my uh, father-in-law in, uh, in Seagraves. Every night, almost every night, he would call somebody in town, little town, and say, is the coffee pot on? Well, sure, it can be. He said, well, we're coming. And they would go over there, and they'd spend an hour and a half or so, and then go home. They had friends all over town. Anybody would do anything for any of them because they just took the initiative and just barged in. It doesn't matter, you know, they're changing out of their pajamas while you're driving over there or whatever. Uh, Everybody wants somebody to want them, and friendships is the way you do it. So follow, you got to follow through. I have to follow through. You can go to a lot of work, a lot of effort to, to get a friendship started and then let it die on the vine. There are a lot of work. You have to, you have to literally carve a part of your life out and say, this is the friendship part of my life. A lot of people are friends with their brothers and sisters, which is not my experience. Uh, for whatever reason. But that's cool if you can have it both. If you can have your sister, that's generally what I see, or your brother, be a really good friend. But we're not really just talking about that. We're talking about things that are not natural or that are not structured in your life that are automatically there, that you go out and find somebody. And I like the Lord. He, he finds them for you. Once you say, Lord, I'm, I'm ready for a friend, and I'm willing, I'm willing to pay the price for it. Doggone if he doesn't just show up with somebody. And it just turns out to be perfect. I think he showed up with somebody all the time, but we just didn't know what we were looking for. And so uh, we didn't do it. Uh, two things bring honor. One of them is gifts. If you'll give somebody a gift, it doesn't really matter if it's big or not. You're saying things. And the other thing that brings honor is words. And if you put words with gifts, you are powerful. Is it a lot of trouble? Yes. But, I, you know, you, generally it's the ladies that uh, are real hovering over gifts and birthdays and anniversaries and we need to send, we need to send your brother this or your sister that. Uh, I, I, I hover over gifts. I have a list of everybody's birthday that is on my list. There's some scratch outs <laughs> on, <laughs> where they, they went into an orbit that I don't, yeah. But they could come back. Uh, where, I, where I call them, I'm, I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm just saying this is how I do it. 
because I have been in hot pursuit of friends for a long time. You'd think I had a bunch of them. I don't, but the ones I do have are powerful. And what, what we always say is they'd go, to the dry, they'd go to the jumping off spot with you. And that's what you want. Everybody ought to have somebody. When they say, man, my life just fell apart, I'm going to call John. And I do that sometimes. I, my life's not falling apart, but I say, I, I got to go share this good news like y'all did this morning. Or I got to go tell them, this is what they said about me. And so this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get him in faith with me. Hallelujah. Ah, let me see if there's anything else here that I've. Well, I do have this one scripture in Proverbs 19.4. Barry, if you'd put it up for me, please. Proverbs 19.4. I want to give you a little hint here. Found this scripture. In Proverbs, is it up? Yeah, there he goes. Wealth maketh many friends. Now, that's not what you'd expect in the Bible. But the poor is separated from his neighbor. Now, let me tell you what that means, what, what the interpretation is. Is God will give you the money it takes to make friends. They're so powerful and they're so a part of the kingdom. Relationships are all there is. Let me just, let me just back up and say, relationship is all the kingdom is. It's not money. It's not healing. It's not peace. It's not... Uh, it's not accomplishments and works. It is relationships. And all of those things that I just mentioned and more are simply there to bring relationships in. We are relational. Our thing with the Lord Jesus. Have you ever seen him? Have you ever, has he ever walked in the room and said, I'm the one you've been talking about? No, he, we, we have never seen him. And an audible voice is rare. But yet, all we have is a relationship with him. And that's enough. And you can have a, a relationship with people and it's enough. And then the Lord can guide it any other way. So God gives you money so you can make friends. Because it takes a hunk to take people out and to buy them Christmas gifts or whatever, whatever, whatever orbit they're in. There's, there was Peter, James, and John, and then there was John. So there are different levels. There's the 12 or the 11 and a half or whatever that was. Uh, different levels. Well, I have all those levels. Do you have all those levels? So you can't say they're a, they're a failure just because they're on out of orbit. You're just waiting for them or waiting for you to see, to get unction, to initiate something to make it closer. Or you just say, well, they're Psalm 1. They're, I don't want to sit in the council of the ungodly anymore. You know, uh, the, the, the brother that was at home when the prodigal came back, he wasn't very friendly. <laughs> so there's all sorts of relationships. I want friends. I'm in hot pursuit. I tell Debran all the time, I'm in hot pursuit of friends. And I, I want to be friends with you. Now, it's kind of awkward in some churches. People don't want that. Uh, I notice when, uh, when visitors come, they, they, don't, they don't ever walk up here and say, hey, that was this and that was good and whatever. And, and what about this? They're out the door because they're in that orbit right there that we, we don't want him to think. You know, we don't want him showing up at our door ding-donging and saying, I'm the preacher. I came by to see you. They, they for sure don't want that. 
God gives you money so you can make friends to produce happiness. To produce happiness. He wants us happy. And friends are one way we get happy. Now, your friend might not be my friend. My friend, you'd go, how do you stand him or whatever? That doesn't matter. They're custom fitted just for us. And they are such a blessing. Relationships are everything. If you go through life and you don't understand relationships are everything, you've had a fairly empty life. What if the Lord asks us when we go to heaven, and he's not, but what if it's like, we're going to measure everything in your life right now. The reward system is going to be based on relationships. It's like, no, Lord, let's pick another subject. I gave and I did and I, I, I got in front of people and said, look at me or I knew the Bible. I could quote it. I was this prayer. A lot of people, they can't pray even though they've got their mouth open all the time because prayer is a relationship. Dr. Cole says you become intimate with who you pray to, who you pray for, and who you pray with. So prayer is a way you can pray for people and they'll become your friends. And they don't even know you've been praying for them. There's just a hundred ways to go with this. And I've, I don't think I've done a very good job with it, but I am encouraging all of us because I want you happy. I want me happy. And I think you ought to say, let's, let's do a giddy up here. You know, uh, we're too busy when we're young. We're having those kids and they're, you know, and then they're going to school and then you're, and you're working night and day and you're busy and then you got them having grandkids and you're busy and, and life is just so busy that we say, I ain't got time for that. And so we kind of measure our need for friends based on our need. If we don't have any needs, we're not going to add friends. But I'm going to suggest that friends add a dimension to your life that cannot be duplicated, especially your wife, your husband. But we even need friends. Now, there's friends that her and I have together, and uh, yay. And then there's friends that uh, she, he's my friend or she's hit her friend and we just kind of put up with the spouse. It's kind of like, <laughs> okay, you can sit there, but we don't want anything to do with you. I've had a bunch of those. Hallelujah. Well, thank you for enduring that. It, it was a part of this. I just, I just knew we had to talk about friends because they're so powerful to me. And I'm sure I could hear your testimony and you'd tell me how powerful they are to you. We're not saying you don't have any. We're just saying it's important. If you have some, you're blessed. And if you don't, you ought to get some to get blessed. Amen. So, Father, we pray, we ask you, because you, you care about our happiness more than anything. You came that we might have life and have it to the full. So we pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes to become aware of your plan, your stirring, your, your initiative to send people into our life to help us, and that, Lord, we could help. It's, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So, Lord, there's people you would send to us that you would open heaven's hand to them through us. And, Lord, that's such a powerful thing. So we ask you for River Church to not only be a friendly church, but to be a church of friends. And thank you, Lord, that you are our friend. You're the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And we're so grateful that you never leave us or forsake us. And you're always a very present help in time of trouble. You always understand. You're always listening. 
You're always giving us counsel. You're always uh, 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 telling us, encouraging us and telling us we can make it. Lord, you're the best friend that's ever been. We look to you as the author and the developer and the finisher of our faith for other friends. And thank you, Lord. They're on their way and we're finding them in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Well, that was good.